It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning, South Coast. I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, I'll be taking your calls over the next three hours and um, some lots to talk about today. Uh, in, me, in here in studio with me is, is Mike, who, who does a phenomenal job on the board. And if he didn't, I, I wouldn't be talking to you and you wouldn't be hearing me because I'm just not a technician when it comes to that stuff. And maybe one day I'll learn, but, but he does a phenomenal job. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? Good. Good. Great to see you again. And, you too. Uh, what a, what a uh, wonderful day. We get up uh, bright and early, and I, I hope all our listeners are starting to at least um, begin their day and make sure after you have your coffee and you're dressed ready to go to work or leave your home that you grab your raincoat because uh, it's starting out pretty, pretty uh, nasty and slushy this morning, and then it's going to continue uh, with rain and not only today, but it looks like we're going to have rain for the next couple of days. But the up, there's always an upside to everything. One is um, the the idea that the temperatures are going to be much better than they were, uh, even up in New Hampshire, where we just saw some uh, pretty exciting news last night. We saw the results, and we've seen the results of President Trump's win in the primary against Nikki Haley at um, 54.5% to 43.2%, which is um, extremely significant. This is the third time that President Trump has won New Hampshire. Uh, so he's breaking records. He broke records in uh, Iowa in the first uh, caucus that they had, uh, and now uh, New Hampshire. And um, I have a feeling he's going he's gonna to maybe do something pretty significant in South Carolina as well. Things are really lining up for him, but... Uh, but um, anyway, we're um, we're going to talk a lot about about the election results. Should Nikki Haley stay in the race? Um, what what's happening with the uh, idea that the Republican Party is finally, uh, we think, going to unify in a way that uh, will help this country come together again and and really focus on the things that matter and uh, put an end to the to the ineptness that's going on down in Washington and has for these last three years. It's, it's really shameful where we are. Uh, we're, we're better than this. And I think the early results of these first two, the caucuses in Iowa and, and of course the primary in New Hampshire, the first primary in New Hampshire are a real indication that I think people in this country are, are coming together as well around the issues and this whole idea of us being divided by party or just by the mere fact that we had a different point of view than somebody else, I think is starting to to go by the wayside and people are realizing that's never been helpful. Uh, we've never accomplishes anything other than just keeps us apart, never lets us get to a common place. And I think the media's had a lot to do with that, uh, frankly. I think they, uh, the way that they report things in a very slanted way has been, that's why talk radio is great. 
I mean, talk radio is where it's at. And I think talk radio is what's going to turn this country really around and has been very significant in getting us to where we are today, where we're starting to look at ourselves and having opportunities for people to give their points of view over the air and, um, and have real discussion without having this sort of streaks of hatred in all of it. There's no, there's no place for that. And we know no good comes out of those things. Um, you can learn a lot when you have different points of view by listening and that's i think one of the things that's been missing for for a lot of years is when somebody has a different point of view i think people are too quick to start to want to just jump in and say well that's not where i'm at and uh, that's not how i feel and they never really listen to why that person has arrived at that that place in the way that they're thinking and i think let's be honest human nature is such that we're all, we're all influenced by our upbringings, experiences in life, things that have happened along the way that, that draw us toward a more liberal point of view or a more conservative point of view. Um, who was it? Winston Churchill once said that if you weren't a, I think, it, don't quote me on the um, age, but I believe he said something to the effect, if you weren't a Democrat at 20, um, was it? If you're not a Democrat at 20, uh, you have no heart. If you're not a Republican by, I don't know, 30 or 40, you have no brain. Um, and, and, and I bring that up because, you know, life teaches us things along the way. And it's okay based on where you are in life at a younger age, if you have more liberal views, uh, based on your experiences in life. Okay. But as you get older and you start to have to get a job, you want to buy a house, things start to change in your mind about, you know, what are priorities? What are my responsibilities? Maybe I'm not as liberal about things. Uh, I'm, I'm a little more conservative because I have to meet certain obligations and responsibilities. And that's just life. But the long and short of it is that we're coming to a better place in America. And there's an old saying. Uh, that I often like to refer to. And that is the saying that in order to get out, you have to go through. And we have been going through for the last three years, well, a little bit longer than that, but the last three years particularly, uh, some really, really difficult times. And there's only so long that the American people can sustain that, you know, take time to really assess it and find out how do I get out of this mess how do i get to a better place and that's what happens um and that's what the saying's all about in order to get out you have to go through you don't know sometimes how bad things are till you get there and then you look back and say yeah but they were a lot better uh and i can go back to that place and feel better i don't have to stay in this in this place there's ways to change it and that's kind of where i think we are and that's you know, and the old saying, in order to get out, you have to go through. We've gone through. Now it's time to get get out and get to a better place in America and, and create, you know, a more prosperous, safer America. We can do that. And we will do it because we're America. Um, I want to I just switch gears a little bit because there's a big story that's been, I don't know, been talked as much about as it should be. And that's the steward health care issue where... Stewart Healthcare represents about nine hospitals from Merrimack 
to Fall River. It includes uh, Morton Hospital, St. Anne's Hospital. It includes uh, uh, Brockton Hospital and, and, and others, of course. And there's a very serious, serious problem uh, that we're faced with that could impact so many people on the South Coast. And that is that Stewart Healthcare is in serious, serious financial problem, trouble. And it has been for quite some time. Uh, they have back. They haven't paid fifty million dollars in back rent alone. Fifty million in back rent. Now I know the landlords are trying to work with them and and uh, make some accommodations to try to help uh, them try to find a way to get investors or what have you or find the money to be able to eventually pay back. I think they're going to forgive certain parts, but. The problem still looms, and here's the here's the real issue that everybody needs to pay attention to. If these hospitals close, I think if any of you have been to the hospital for any kind of treatment or emergency or even admittance, you know that when you get to the emergency rooms, you could potentially, if they're going to keep you, be laying in the hallway in the emergency room for days waiting to get a bed at the hospital. Now, think about this. You're in the hallway. They got ambulances coming in, bringing people, you know, in and out by you. Uh, and, and, and you're you're laying in a hallway for for one, two, maybe even three days. What what level of treatment and how, how and I'm not just saying for you. What about what about the doctors and the nurses that are having to work in that kind of an environment, work around people? Respond to emergencies in the emergency room, and then know that you need you need care as well. They got to be checking on you. On top of um, the fact that that you're you're in a pretty a pretty difficult place, and for people to think that this was normal, it's not. And and I think we have to ask ourselves, how did this happen? Why is this that we have all these hospitals? that are now in, in serious financial trouble. And what, how do we ever get to a place where we may have to travel, be taken, who knows, 50, 60 miles away from where we live to get treated? I was reading about the idea that if, if these hospitals close, even one of those hospitals that normally has emergency response ambulances getting there, um, that... They, another hospital could potentially service those ambulances, but maybe about 30 a day more for a day or two. But they can't do it long term. So that means if that hospital can't manage the amount of people that are being brought in, after a two-day period, you're going to have to go how far in, in the ambulance to get to get treated? I mean, this is... This is scary stuff. And the reason that Stewart has, has explained their, their financial problems is that 70%, 70% of their revenues are derived from Medicaid and Medicare. Patients they're treating, their mission is to serve the most marginalized patients, these hospitals, which means... Payments are slow coming in. They're not as much from Medicaid and Medicare. 
And all the while, they're trying to do the best they can to help marginalized patients get the health care. They deserve it as much as anybody else. But the problem is not so much that they're trying to serve marginalized patients. The problem is that the Medicaid, the people on Medicaid, many of them are people who are in this country illegally, have contributed little to to the uh, country in the way of, you know, jobs, taxes, things like that. And they've poured in by the millions over the border. They've basically put such a strain on our, our medical system that here we are. And I, here's the thing that really, really troubles me. And it ought to trouble all of you as well. Because it seems to be a pattern with these people in the federal government. So our federal delegation, I'm told, is, is going to start looking into this. And they've all come together in Massachusetts, the federal delegation, to investigate this issue. And when we come back from break, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why I am so uh, frustrated with this sort of response from our federal legislators because it's a typical response that um, I think exposes them for, for who they are and the lack of, um, well, transparency and honesty when it comes to addressing these kinds of problems in a reactionary way. We're going to go to break, and we'll be right back. I'm Tom Hodgson, 508-996-0500. Back right after the break. Good morning, South Coast. I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg. Tim, I think, is going to be back next week. And uh, and I'm going to be with you till 9 o'clock this morning. And all you early risers... Pick up your phone and call in. I want to hear what's on your mind about this whole issue of uh, Stewart Healthcare and the potential that nine hospitals from Merrimack to Fall River potentially could close and how uh, how you feel that might impact you uh, or if you've had experiences already where you've been taken to the hospital and had to lay in the emergency room for, for two, three days waiting for a room. Uh, anxious to hear hear your th- thoughts on that, that issue and impacts you feel it will have on the on the region i want to continue on the conversation about that because i was before we went to break i was talking about the federal delegation now is coming out as they always do right they react to everything instead of staying on top of things and they wait till it gets to be a crisis and then they want to come in and pretend they're the saviors um here's the here's the issue for me i think it's fine that the federal delegation wants to to take a look at this and if they can come up with some solution that helps keep those hospitals open by all means. But here's the thing that troubles me more than anything. They want, they want to find out the answers to how this could have happened. So they claim this is their motivation for doing this. But I want you to think about this. These people, the, the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, People that have been serving for some time. Markey, who's been in for, I don't know, maybe centuries, which is what it seems like anyway. Um, you probably wouldn't notice because he doesn't, doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. But, but, but the point is, for them to say, we're going to look into this and find out why. That just tells me 
that you have no understanding as a representative of the people of Massachusetts, as a congressman or a senator, of the most basic things that you should have been paying attention to that you could have cut off at the pass if you were doing your job. And what I'm talking about is the fact that we know why it's happening. It didn't, we didn't all of a sudden have this, this baby boom and suddenly we now have this over-demand for hospital care to a point where hospitals can't make it anymore because they're servicing people and 70% of them are on Medicaid or Medicare. That's not the problem. The problem is that these people have known for, and I've been dealing with this issue for 25 years. They've known and they've allowed people to pour in over our border in violation of our laws. And they've come up with all kinds of excuses of why they should be allowed to come in and why they should be allowed to violate the laws. And here we are, as they're pouring in by the millions, we have these state organizations going out and, and signing these people up for Medicaid. Now, these are people, again, who didn't wait their turn, didn't respect the laws of the United States, as many are thousands and thousands around the world who have been waiting their turn for five, ten years. What does it say to them when they're respecting the laws of the United States, waiting their turn, going to come in the right way, uh, and then get jobs and pay taxes and do the right things to support the infrastructure of this, of this country in a way that we can control the growth? These members of Congress know this, and they, and they, they play us, try to play us for fools as though we don't know, oh, we're going to look into this. You, you already know what the problem is. But you don't have the courage and you don't have the commitment to the people that you promised to take care of the issues that mattered to them, the welfare of their families, their communities, their infrastructure with health care, schools, all these things. The next thing they'll be saying is, oh, let's let's go. We'll have to investigate now that, you know, we're running out of schools or, or our education uh, levels are going down because kids aren't aren't. Um, aren't able to learn as quickly because they have more people in classrooms with multiple languages and things like that. And I'm not being critical of, of these kids. Look, it's not their fault they were brought here. But the fact of the matter is, these adults who are pouring in over the border, the cartels who are, who've made a billion-dollar business out of, out of smuggling people into this country, these members of Congress, look at Markey. Markey's been around forever. You don't think he knows this? I've been down there. I was down there 25 years ago when I first became sheriff. Working on a bill with Barney Frank and Henry Hyde, a bipartisan bill that made it through the House. And I will never forget, after it passed the House, I was down there again. I went over and started lobbying the Senate side to begin some legitimate immigration reform within the law that would be lawful and would be the, the appropriate way to bring more people in as more jobs were available but doing it legally. I went over to Senator Kerry's office. I spoke to a, a staff member, I think it was the chief of staff, and said, look, this just passed the House. It needs to get through the Senate. That person said to me, never going to happen. So what do you mean it's never going to happen? 
That bill won't see the light of day. I said it passed the House. I know, but it's an election year. I never forgot that because that told me everything about what the motivations were about getting anything done down there. It had to be beneficial financially. One party, if it was good for one party, they'd try to make the other party, um, the other party would try to make them look bad for doing it. They'd find a way to put an obstacle in the way. And, it, and I'm talking about both sides of the aisle. Our government, Washington, D.C., has become so incestuous and institutionalized that it's put the burden on all of us when it was supposed to be finding solutions to make life easier for us. We're going to go, we're going to go to news and, um, and we're going to come back and talk more about this because this is one of the most important issues I think that we're dealing with locally in regards to healthcare and so forth. And, um, We'll, we'll go to break, go to news, and uh, I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg, 508-996-0500. Be back right after the news. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. Former President Trump taking a victory lap after winning in the New Hampshire presidential primary. We win it every time. We win the primary. We win the generals we've won it and it's a very very special place to me it's very important his last remaining major opponent former south carolina governor nikki haley told her supporters the race for the republican nomination is far from over she said there are dozens of states left and challenged trump to a debate pundits say haley has to have a respectable finish in the south carolina republican primary on february 24th to have any shot north korea is reportedly firing missiles off its west coast south korean and u.s officials released a statement saying Saying multiple cruise missiles were fired into the sea early Tuesday and that further activities by the North were being monitored. The missile launch comes as the South Korean Navy has been conducting training drills along its east coast near the North Korean border. South Korea's defense minister is condemning the missile launches, calling them a serious threat to his country. At least 18 people are dead and more than 130 wounded after a wave of Russian airstrikes in Ukraine Tuesday, 700 days after Russia's invasion. The attacks targeted more than 200 sites in Ukraine capital, Kiev, and second-largest city, Kharkiv. Nearly 140 homes were hit. United Airlines CEO says he's disappointed in Boeing's recent issues that have led to United planes being grounded. Scott Kirby said on CNBC that Boeing needs real action to fix its reputation. He said he's spoken to the company CEO David Calhoun to talk about his issues, saying United is Boeing's biggest customer in the world. The Federal Aviation Administration launched an investigation into Boeing and ordered the grounding of close to 200 Boeing 757 MAX 9 aircraft after a door plug panel flew off an Alaska Airlines flight earlier this month. Charles Osgood, the longtime anchor of CBS News' Sunday morning, has died at the age of 91. As for me, I will see you on the radio. Osgood signing off from the show for the final time with his signature catchphrase when retiring in 2016. CBS reports Osgood died Tuesday at home in New Jersey. His family said he was suffering from dementia. A new docu-series about Bon Jovi will soon be streaming. Trey Thomas with more. Thank you, good night. The Bon Jovi Story is a four-part series set to debut on Hulu on April 26th. And it promises to give fans a rare backstage glimpse of frontman John Bon Jovi himself. It's being touted as the very first project to chronicle the band's 40-plus years from Jersey Shore clubs to the biggest stages on earth. I'm Trey Thomas. Turning now to the South Coast, the entire Massachusetts congressional delegation demanding answers about the 
financial crisis at Stewart Health, which operates St. Anne's Hospital in Fall River and Morton Hospital in Taunton. And Sunday bus service via the Southeastern Regional Transit Authority starts this weekend. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Bruins wrap up their five-game homestand tonight, looking to extend a five-game winning streak when they host the Carolina Hurricanes at TD Garden. Game at 7.30, and tomorrow night it's the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat. The plows are out this morning due to some overnight snow. Here's your full forecast with ABC6. Temperatures will be rising into the upper 30s this afternoon with rain, and overnight tonight, rain will remain in place with temperatures rising in the mid-40s by 4 o'clock in the morning. More rain for this Thursday. Be sure to watch ABC6 from my full summer day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. There's some nice, soft music to help you begin your day and ease into it. It's uh, it's a little uh, little nasty out there right now. There's there's a lot of a lot of slush. Be careful out there. The roads are, are pretty slippery. Uh, it'll it'll clear up a little bit later on this morning, but we're gonna have rain most of the day and looks like maybe for a couple of days. But the temperatures are better and um, and. Um, We'll be uh, we'll be back to some sunshine, I think, at the end of the week. But in the meantime, just be careful out there. We're going to go right to caller. I'm Tom Hodgson, 508-996-0500, filling in for Tim Weisberg. Uh, I think we got a caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Yeah, good morning. Good morning, caller. Sure, if I think there's a couple of issues there. I think uh, with the health care system, this is part of the big plan with the immigration uh, plan that they have in place where they will now use this. Uh, crisis as an excuse to hurry about and get these folks permission to work and stay in this country illegally so that they can contribute to uh, Medicare, Medicaid. And also, I think that the um, scenery or the process would change a little bit if Liz Warren and Maki, uh, if their insurance, they didn't go through the same hospitals that folks had to go through and have to endure the, the, this impact. I don't think that Liz Warren is going to wait in an emergency room overnight or in the hallway. She's going to go to Bethesda. She's going to get preferential treatment. It's different standards for those people. It doesn't impact them like it impacts the people that she's supposed to be representing. And uh, and if it, if it did, I think we'd see different. We would never be in this situation. You know, you you raise a great point, caller, and it's exactly what I was talking about. And I've been dealing with Washington for, like I said, twenty over twenty five years, and um, and I grew up right outside of D.C. So I've I've kind of been very familiar with when Washington did did work when people you know really focused on the issues that mattered to America to where we are today, where it has become a self serving sort of institutionalized place where parties just spend their time arguing over every little issue while people in neighborhoods outside the capital across the nation are, you know, waving their arms saying, I need some help over here. And they just don't care. And, but when you, to your point, doesn't it, doesn't it bother you that, for example, this whole double standard you brought up, for example, remember when uh, they, it was revealed that they could, 
do insider trading because they were members of Congress. And so they could know about stocks that, yeah, that they could sell that were not doing well or whatever. So they could, they could make money or, or dump their losses. Then they, it was revealed that they were getting preferential treatment <clears throat> much like they did for Obamacare. Remember when they were saying, look, um, you all in America, you need Obamacare, but they exempted themselves and their staff. Do you remember that? That's exactly what I'm talking about. They're yeah. not subject to this. They, they, they weren't forced to go into the same programs that the taxpayer, the people who are contributing to these programs, uh, had to go to. When I turn 65, I got to go to Medicare. Right. Um, I, don't have a, I don't have an option, right? Right. Um, I'm a retired state employee. You know, that's part of the big plan to create chaos, and then the solutions will get them to their ultimate goal. So they're gonna they're gonna use the they're gonna use this excuse that look at the healthcare system and this and this medical uh, business is being you know pressure on their performance because uh, we can't get these these illegal immigrants to work and contribute and pay. They're gonna use that as an excuse to alleviate the logjam, and it's just part of the bigger problem. And it wouldn't be. That would not be the solution. We'd never even be in this situation if they were subject to the same pains or the same penalties that we are based on their poor performance or poor policies. And that's an excellent way to, to, to put it because that's exactly that's exactly it. You know, I don't want to ruin your day a little further, but I'm going to just go into this for a minute. I'm going to talk about it a little later in more depth. But think about what we're talking about with this whole issue of, of, of Congress um, trying to f- make it seem like they're going to look into this thing and investigate when they know what the they know what the cause is the problem it's it's illegal immigration that they don't want to deal with and haven't dealt with for 25 years, but now we have Jamie Eldridge, you've got Representative Manny Cruz, uh, the Middlesex District Attorney Marion Ryan, and Representative Ruth Balzer, right? All of them are are fi- there's a big article came out pushing the fact that now finally maybe we're going to be able to get a bill through that makes us a sanctuary state. Who You have to be blind, dumb, and, and, and deaf to be able to think that knowing how illegal immigration has destroyed just about every facet of our, of our infrastructure in our society, illegal immigration, and and think that this is the time now to double down and say, let's make it a sanctuary state. So, so we'll be one of the places that all the people coming in over the border where they can't sustain it anymore in Texas and other places, Arizona, that they now have another place to ship people where basically the state said, we want you here. We want to invite you here. Come here. You'll be safe. We won't let law enforcement or anybody know you're here. We'll make it difficult for them to find out. And um, and that's what we're dealing with. I mean, how these are people that are supposed to be representing the taxpayers, the hardworking people, the seniors who have worked all their lives. Jamie Eldridge has single-handedly dismantled the criminal justice system, specifically in corrections, with what he's done over the last three to four years is an absolute shame. And he continues, and they continue... They brought him in. That's a Worcester guy. And yeah. I just don't understand 
some of the stuff that he did with the criminal justice reform, and he continues to do. I read an article yesterday about his involvement in putting together a committee that includes convicted, multi-convicted murderers. Uh, Mac Hudson, who I had in prison for over 20 years, is on the board is going to tell the Department of Corrections commissioner how to operate the facilities. Oh, my goodness. Jamie Eldridge. Yeah. I, I've dealt with him uh, in the past, obviously. But um, what I would tell you is that we we have to ask ourselves now, because you, you've, you've been uh, very perceptive about all these things, caller, and I thank you for calling in, um, because right now we're at a place where we have to make a choice. We know these things. These are right in our face and so obvious. Why are we allowing a guy like this? Why are we even paying him a salary, playing, paying for a place he, he, he works the building he works in, the seat he sits. Why are we? Why are we allowing this person to continue to destroy our communities? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. And I think it's time. And that's why I think we're at a really important time in our history, where all of us we were chosen for this time to take America back, to take back what's rightfully uh, ours in the way of government servicing our our families, our neighborhoods, and this nation. I appreciate your call. I have to break. Go to break for commercial. We have to pay the bills, obviously. But uh, thanks so much for calling in, and thanks for your insight, caller. We'll be right back. I'm Tom Hutchin. Good morning, South Coast. I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg. I'm filling in for Tim Weisberg, and... Uh, I was competing with my music there for a minute. Um, but anyway, uh, we've had uh, just had a, a caller call in. Great discussion. Um, and uh, you can get on, on the air, 508-996-0500. Want to hear your, your thoughts and um, how you're feeling about all that that's going on in regards to, uh, we were talking about the, the steward health care, the possibilities of nine hospitals shutting down. We were talking about the impacts um of why that's happening has to do with them servicing more marginalized patients and they're getting 70% of their patients are on Medicaid, which has to do with illegal immigration, uh, with the, the huge uh, bubble in that happening, which is um, put a strain. They're $50 million behind in their back rent. But like, like so many things, just about in every facet from schools to hospitals um, to, um, to our national security, all of these things are being adversely impacted by the illegal immigration that the federal uh, legislators refuse to deal with and have refused to deal with for 25 years. I got a caller on the line. We're going to go right to the caller. Hi, caller. Are you there? Hello. Good morning. Morning, caller. Can you just turn hey, your radio you down a little uh, bit? Can you turn your radio sure. down a little bit? Because it's uh, got yeah, feedback. Thank you. How would you make out with that toilet handle? All set? With the what? The toilet handle. Oh yeah, worked out perfect. <laughs> yeah, great. How you doing? How you doing this morning? And I'm not a plumber either, but I fixed it. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I brought it up. Thanks to your good. Uh, thanks to your good advice. Um, you know, it's just an observation. I've been watching, you know, um, this whole voting in New Hampshire, and Iowa, and every time I watch uh, President Trump come up. You know, we talk about the polls and we talk about the polls and we talk about the polls. And, you know, four years ago, we went through this whole thing, how everything looks red, a red wave is coming on. 
And, you know, I think this year we have to really change the game plan and really, you know, enforce how strict it is, you know, how important it is for people to go out and vote. And, you know, not hyping up the polls as much as we should so we can try to get more and more people out there. Yeah. You know, that, people start hearing, you know, people start hearing that, you know, the way ahead. Some of them, I, I feel like, might say, you know what, we're way ahead. We got this in a, you know, in our pocket and, and might not even go out and vote. You know, it's just just an observation. You know no, what I mean? And and, I think it's a good observation because people, <clears throat> excuse me, people are discouraged. Um you know, when they find out that they thought, hey, we, we had this thing in the bag and it didn't happen. But but to your point, if you if you buy into the into these polls, which are not completely accurate, as you well know, um, right. sometimes they're sometimes they're intentionally uh, biased and and it, and it misleads people. And sometimes people will say, hey, you know, I think we're all set and they don't go out. But but I think one of the most important things to your point is that we have to get back to understanding that if we don't like what ultimately happens and the majority of people wanted a different outcome, but didn't go out and take the responsibility to invest their part to make it happen, then we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And I think we have to get back to realizing that whoever we are going to blindly trust because that's what happens. You're, you're not pay, able to pay attention every day. You got your, your work you're doing. You got your families. You got things that are happening. You just blindly trust people that you put in office to do what's right for you and your family and for the country. And so you don't pay attention to everyday things that are going on. And that's how we got to where we are. I think it was uh, voter apathy. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it was voter apathy. It was... It was this feeling that, you know, they'll do the right things if they're if they're given the opportunity to serve. And we found out that that's just not the case. Look at look at what's going on with just take take Secretary Mayorkas and some of these uh, legislators who who just won't say anything about how bad the illegal immigration problem is in our neighborhoods across the country. The fed not just. And the fentanyl problem. I'm sorry, uh, you just have, he, he aggravates the hell out of me. And so it's why does he aggravate so does you? So does Newsom because it's 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 so difficult to watch somebody point blank lie. Everybody on TV, and uh, you know, it's just it's, it's that easy that they can just say that there's no problem, there's no problem, no no problem. We can obviously see that there's a problem. You know, three years ago, I called the radio station. I said, we're going to have a problem in this country, and it's going to turn into a third world country yet. Three we're years heading ago. that way. I saw it three years ago, and yep. they laughed at me. Well, you okay, know what? You're, between- very, you're a very perceptive man, and I'm going to tell you, um, you to your point, um, where you, when I asked you why does he bother you, I think what is the most outrageous thing, and I agree with you, is that it's bad enough you're lying to us, but how dare you insult us and and demean us that we're so that you believe we're so stupid that we can't see this and we're just going to allow you to to look us in the eye and and lie as as an official a sworn elected official of our federal government 
lie to us and expect us, expect us to just accept it because you said it when you know yeah. you're lying. It's, 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 it's crazy. And like I said, it was just an observation because I keep hearing the president, you know, we're up, everybody, you know, and I, I think, you know, I think if we keep just pushing that, go out there and vote, like you said, go out there and vote. Don't matter what the polls you, we need you to go out there and vote and keep pushing that agenda. Yeah. We're going to get more people out there to vote on the cause, the right cause. Well, you know, if we, you know, if we downplay, you know, if we kind of, kind of downplay it and, hey, listen, we're up so up in the polls, you know, regarding the people that are coming out here and vote, you know, some people will just say, you know what, I- I'm just going to stay home. Let's make it dire. Push that voting. Everybody yeah. vote. Vote, and, vote, and, you know? and you know, and you know, to your point, we all have to come. We all have an obligation and all of us have, you know, points of influence in our lives where we can encourage others. And, and, and I think it's a great point you're making. And it's exactly what has to happen uh, for all of us so we can get this country back on track again. And and you uh, you you could be one of those great leaders to do that, to encourage people uh, to get out and vote because everybody needs plumbing supplies and and uh and you run into a lot of people and 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 uh and you certainly helped me along the way but uh, i know you helped so many others and you have a moment or two when you're working with them to influence them to uh to get out and vote so thanks for your call and thanks for your help uh i you uh you saved me so uh we'll talk again soon 508-996-0500 i'm tom hodgson we're gonna go to break we'll be right back Good morning, South Coast. I'm Tom Hodgson filling in for Tim Weisberg. Tim will be back uh, next week. And uh, this first hour has been a uh, been pretty active hour. Uh, I know I know it's uh, tough to get up this early and, and, um, and call in on the radio, but we have some, some callers that have already, already been up and Adam called in. And I think it has something to do with um, some of the topics we were talking about because it hits home with just about, uh, I think, all of you. Some of you may still be wiping the sand out of your eyes and aren't aren't ready to uh, to jump in yet. But I'd encourage you to call in in the next two hours because these issues that I'm going to be talking about this morning, in addition to the to the election results, uh, are really important. I think to every family and are at the root cause of of why we're seeing um, the the problems we're seeing in our communities why Stewart Healthcare is talking about the possibilities of nine hospitals shutting down that are going to impact the the healthcare of all of the people from here to to uh, Merrimack Valley uh, that's how much we're talking about and um, 